Blog Talk Radio. The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio or its employees or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. is January Jones. She is not a young, beautiful, talented actress on Mad Men. She is not an older, gorgeous, exotic dancer from the Johnny Carson Show. She is an author, and she wrote, Thou Shall Not Wine, the 11th Commandment, that reached number one at Amazon.com. She is a reality TV golf personality with World High Stakes Golf televised on HDNet. She is a humorist and winologist expert. She is your featured host today on January Jones Sharing Success Stories. So sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh and listen to Ms. Jones with her eclectic roster of guests as you learn life's lessons. These stories plus sharing equals success. Welcome and remember, beware. Because you are entering the no-whining world of January Jones. Greetings, everyone. I hope you're having a fantastic day. I'm January Jones, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. As you know, my new brand is the Glitter Granny. We all wear many hats as we go through life. Uh, I'm a wife, a mother, grandmother, sister, friend, but today I'm wearing my white interview hat. The nice thing about hats is to cover up your hair. <laughs> now for my listeners, let me ask you a question. Have you ever had difficulties with your elderly parents? Yeah, we all have. Do you know what to do when you're dealing with your parents, no matter what age you are or at what stage of life you are? Do you ever sometimes feel as though that you are the parent now instead of them? Sadly, that does happen to most of us. Would you like to meet someone who has walked the walk and talked the talk in the world of aging parents Can you imagine what it would be like to actually be able to help people to learn how to get through those very difficult times with their parents? Would you like to meet someone who will share her own experiences with her own elderly parents with you? Let me ask you, have you ever heard of an amazing book called Wait, What Were the Parents Now? Navigating the ups and downs, a loved one's health decline gets real, very real. If you can answer yes or maybe to any of these questions, then you are in the right place. And I'd like to welcome you to January Jones sharing success stories today. So now it's time, rest, relax, go get some wine, get some cheese, and join me in the no wine zone. Let me tell you about my guest today. My guest author targets the joys and challenges dealing with elderly parents. Her fourth book, Wait What, 
Where are the parents now? Draws on her own experiences as roles reversed as her parents, Irv and Shirley Schechter, aged. Our parents are living longer, that's a fact. Very few of us leave the world old mentally. She includes stories from some 35 contributors, mostly from friends and people who became friends from the Quincy, Illinois area and beyond. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show again, my dear friend, Bobby White. Hi, Bobby. How are you doing today, dear? Doing well. Thanks, January. Oh, I can't tell you how much Lisa and I have enjoyed your book. It's been a delight. It's a been quite a revelation to us <laughs> and, and we you know you can you still can teach old dogs some new tricks we've learned so much from you but before we get into the interview let me ask you about the pandemic and I know it affected you with your parents because uh, you write about it movingly in the book But in general, give us your viewpoint of how the pandemic affected your personal life, your parents, and uh, and your career. How did it affect that? Okay, let's work backwards. I was in banking, and that was at the end of my career, and I was a customer service rep, so I helped millions of people who walked in uh, to the lobby. And once the pandemic was in full swing, our lobby was closed. So it sounds like we wouldn't have anything to do, but we're actually quite busy. Uh, Phone customers, and then we had an area in the back where they could walk in and stay behind glass. We also had glass on our desk, so that was weird because Mm -hmm. I had worked so long without any barriers. Um, On the other hand, when I tellered a little bit, it was nice to have the glass because some customers just like crawl across the counter practically (laughs) to see their balance on the computer. But anyway, so that was different, but um, I felt like our bank did pretty well. I had a couple of tellers who who weren't real um, mindful of going places and parties and such. And two weeks before I retired, um, we had one person who had COVID, and out of a staff of 12, only three of them stayed because the rest of us had to go home Uh and isolate. And three people to cover 12 positions. And I was so glad I wasn't one of the three, but I kept thinking, I'm this close to retirement. Two weeks, I'm going to (laughs) die. That was was a real uh, real finale. Uh, So so that was work. Um, Mm -hmm. um, Let's see, with with my mom, my dad was already deceased when the pandemic affected yeah. everything. Okay. With my mom, um, I did window visits uh, at her nursing home. Those were a little tough because she's deaf, so we couldn't do the phone thing. Uh-huh. Um, so wow. I would take a, a whiteboard, and sh- she could read. So I would take markers, and I would ask questions. Uh-huh. And that was the best we could do. And, of course, she didn't feel real good at the end, and, and she would just give me one word answer. So it was real hard for a conversation, but you do what you have to. 
And then one time, I just remember one of my last visits with her, um, I was sitting there and she just wasn't interested in (laughs) conversing. And I thought, oh my gosh, I forgot to wear lipstick today. And my mom always wore lipstick out of the house, always. And so I took, all I did was I had a red uh, dry erase marker and I put it all over my lips. No mirror, no mirror. And, and I, I thought maybe this will get a, you know, chuckle out of her. No, but the nurse and I were hysterical. <laughs> okay. All right. So then uh, uh, before, was the pandemic over before she died? No, in fact, um, no. The day before she uh, died, the hospice called us and said that if if my sister and I wanted to come in, because it was at the end, mm-hmm. even though they're um, they weren't allowing family or visitors in, they would give us a pass because she was dying, okay. and that was a dilemma. Because it was running rampant, and because this nursing home was the one who took patients discharged from the hospital, oh. and the other nursing homes weren't, so mm-hmm. they had a lot of COVID. And mm-hmm. so my sister and I talked about it, and it's like, boy, I just hate to walk into that. And Jeff's mom's ninety-three at the time, and we're just like, you know what would mom do? And I'm like, she wouldn't go. <laughs> so, so I just tried to make a decision that way. It just, she wouldn't have known. I, I don't think, well, they say hearing's the last thing to go, but mm-hmm. she was pretty much asleep. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So that was tough. Mm-hmm. So I actually yeah. didn't get to see her mm-hmm. at the end, but mm-hmm. things were strange. Yeah. Yeah, what a difficult thing. Uh, and just for our listeners' information, uh, Bobby lost her dad when he was 93. She lost her mom when she was 96. And she writes about them in her book. And it is a kind of book that I told Bobby before we went on the air that my husband and I were actually fighting over her book. <laughs> <laughs> I have a book for him. Here you go. Right here. It's coming your way. I would put it down. He'd pick it up. And I'd be kind of waiting in the background for him to put it down. I love that. And then I'd grab it. And, you know. We've it's we've got to learn to share. I mean, you know, after uh, we're going on fifty three years, so this is probably something we should work out. Probably, (laughs) but I'm not whining about it. And right now, we're going to hear why I'm not whining. Lately, there's a whining epidemic in our world. People are even whining about whining. Are you sick and tired of listening to everyone whining all the time? So was January Jones, the author of Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment that reached number one at Amazon.com. Ms. Jones based her book on a survey of the top 10 things that people whine about at all ages and all stages of life. January is a success coach that can tell you how to help others. When you buy Thou Shall Not Whine, the 11th commandment, 
you'll find out what people whine about and how to stop them from whining. This is the perfect gift book to give or get for any occasion. Thou Shall Not Whine was voted the best gift to be given anonymously for those special people in your life. Ms. Jones is an internationally known author in the style of Irma Bombeck, specializing in housewife humor with her book being published in Korea and China. You can find Thou Shall Not Whine at Amazon.com. Welcome back with my friend, humorous, um, extraordinaire, Bobby White. Bobby, uh, share with our listeners uh, where they can get their book and your website and how they can contact you. Okay. Uh, and the, the book is available on Amazon.com, and it also is available through me. And if you want it signed, then I would I would get you a copy, and we would work through the mail. I, I send it real cheap, media mail, so it's, yeah. it's not expensive to send. And then um, you could email me if you wanted to buy one directly at bobbywhite at gmail.com, and that's B-O-B-B-E-W-H-I-T-E at gmail.com. My website is Bobby White Speaks, because I speak through books, but I also speak on the stage as a professional speaker. So it's bobbywhitespeaks.com. Okay, wonderful information, and I hope our listeners will follow up on that. You know, this. how many books have you written now, Bobby? Well, four that I've authored alone, and then I've co-authored um, probably that many, and one of them was Chicken Soup for the Wine Lovers, so that's, that was fun. Yeah. And, and then the, the others were just, I, I had a chapter in several. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's great, great. Um, how long did it take you to write this book? Because you uh, had 35 different sources that contributed to this right. book. Right, right. Well, that, that was the quick part. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you. Yeah, this was a, a, a big project for you to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned to you that what I'd like to do is go to the back where you sum up with 17 words that you give credit to Robert Gilbert for. And these words are just trigger words for people who are dealing with elderly parents or people like myself who has become an elderly parent. And I'd like to talk about these words and then have you give us your thoughts or an example of when you had to do use these words. The first word is act. Act like the adult that you are. Oh, wow. Now, this is good advice for the parent and for the caretaker. What's your thoughts on ACT? Well, basically, um, elderly parents or anyone who's declining in health is not going to be at their best because they're going to feel maybe tired, maybe irritable, maybe pain. You just don't know. And, And so they might be argumentative. They might be whiny, and mm-hmm. and you just have to control yourself and just act like the adult and just try to stay as even as you can, and it's not always easy. What was the hardest thing uh, that you had to act upon with Irvin Sherl? Oh, gosh. I think with my dad, it was that he had dementia. And 
and I think I had to really work at conversing with him, even though it was wrong. Maybe he had a story all goofed up, uh-huh. and I just learned to go along with him instead of correcting him. That was hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's important to go with the flow. And the second uh, advice is accept. Accept help from others when they offer it. And I know myself, that is a very tough thing to do because so many times uh, it's hard to say you need help. Yeah. And it's hard to be uh, gracious about it. As far as accepting, what was the most difficult thing that your parents had to accept? I think... um Moving, well, moving away from each other. Oh, that, yeah. that was hard because my my dad was in a different um, area of his nursing home, and he was a veteran, and there really wasn't room for mom there, but dad could stay there free of charge because he was a POW. Okay. And at the cost of nursing homes, I mean, it would have been lovely to keep them together, but Um, we just had to accept that this was going to be the way it was. And then, and then uh, mom stayed at assisted living longer. So they just had different health paths, but Mm -hmm. it was also hard when we asked mom to go to, to see dad with us. And she did for a while until he didn't recognize her. And then she wouldn't go. We just had to accept that. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was such a, a hard part. To read about. Yeah. Uh, how long were they married? Oh boy, probably. Um, let's see. They got married in 1946. Okay. So then, if they were 96, that was a lot of years. Way <laughs> 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 <Right> over 60. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like, in general, they had a, it. A pretty wonderful life together, didn't they? They really did. I mean, they they worked together their entire work life. Um, my parents had uh, sold shoes. They had shoe stores. And uh-huh. by the way, I bought my first pair of shoes at age 34 when he went out of business. Okay. And, I had, <laughs> and I had to pay full price at that point. So <laughs> But anyway, they did uh, shoes, they did clothing, and then they retired in 1989. And what they had always wanted to do was was go to Florida. And they lived there six months, and then they would come back to the Midwest for six months. Okay. So um, until things started changing, but that was their that was their goal is to to retire and go to Florida part of the year. Yeah, yeah. We we're now in Florida. This is uh, our two years now that we've been here. Uh, we were in California for four, over 40 years. Then we retired to Arizona, and uh, we were up in the mountains, and it was this wonderful. I called it the enchanted forest. However, we were at an elevation of 5,000, and all of a sudden, I had trouble breathing. And the pulmonologist said, hey, kiddo, you better get down to sea level. And we were lucky because our daughter was here in Sarasota. So that was an easy decision for us. We're very happy here. Um, Okay. Number three is believe. Believe in your decisions. Gather adequate information to make the right decisions. 
Loved ones may need help cutting through the clutter of information. That is overwhelming sometimes, isn't it? Just to sort things out. It really is. Yeah. So we were lucky because one of my best childhood friends, her dad was our physician his whole life, and she's a uh, she has her BSN of nursing, bachelor's in nursing, mm-hmm. and she worked in in um, elder care basically, and she was so helpful because she could answer those questions that we didn't have any idea what the answer was or what to even ask. And so, um, so yeah, that was, that was good. That's, that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Number four, care for your loved ones like you would care for your children. And that, I, that one comment that your daughter made, <laughs> the one about you wouldn't let us do that if we were five years old. <laughs> Actually, my daughter said that about my parents when they were still in their home uh-huh. and we had a couple of things go awry. Um, I My daughter wasn't living here, so we talked by phone and she'd say, how's granny and grampy doing? I'm like, well, they left the stove on and they burnt their dinner and it's just like two five-year-olds <laughs> in a condo. <laughs> Mom, you would never let Nick and I live in a condo at five years old. <laughs> it's like, you're right. Good point. And we uh, do. We leave them in so much harm's way mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when they're not capable anymore. Yeah, yeah. And, and and what I love about your book is it's written with so much kindness and tenderness and you do admit that you made mistakes and hey we're all human it's what happens and you just have to keep going but it's like going through a minefield in that they're your parents (laughs) yeah 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 and yeah it was so unpredictable you know, uh-huh. the only thing predictable is when, when Bobby was going out of town, one of them got sick. <laughs> that was the only constant. <laughs> and it was, it was uncanny. And then your face was that stressed. Do I go? Do I stop? And it was for work, you know. And yeah. I had 300 people counting on me. And but it's like, but then it's your parents. And then it happened but- enough times that we kind of knew how it was going to play out and and it was usually not an emergency. No, no. Fortunately. Fortunately. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to plan ahead and make arrangements. And so, and as you said, it only will mess up when you're leaving town. And so right. That's the way life is. Yeah. Right now, it's been 60 years since the assassination of JFK. Hard to believe, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Right now, all of my Kennedy books are on audio. Let me ask you a question. Are you still wondering who killed Kennedy? Over 50 years later, the assassination is still a mystery. It is unfinished business for our country. Now, get ready for a theory that you've never heard before, but will make more sense than any other conspiracy theory that you've ever heard in the past. January Jones speaks the unspeakable in her book, Jackie, Ari, and Jack, the tragic love triangle connecting Jackie and Aristotle Onassis romantically prior to JFK's assassination. 
Did you know that Ari was Jackie's guest in the White House during the JFK funeral? He was the only non-family member who was invited by Jackie to stay there during the funeral. Aristotle Onassis was one of the wealthiest men in the world, with the means, the motive, and the money to order an assassination that was the perfect crime of the last century. Ari needed class, and Jackie needed cash. They were perfect for each other. Now, what is Camelot? It is but another tragic love triangle. Jackie, Ari, and Jack is available at JanuaryJones.com, Amazon.com, and Audiobooks.com, read by Ms. Jones. Welcome back. We're here with humorist Bobby White and her wonderful book, Wait, What? We're the Parents Now. And this is a, a labor of love that Bobby has put together with the help of many other people who have contributed. This is something that so many people are going through. And what a wonderful opportunity for you to write this and reach out to other people and help them because this is unknown territory. This, these are things that you're not aware of it until you're right in the middle of it. And this is like a little guidebook. I'd say it's a great gift to give to all of your children and grandchildren. Also, uh, it's a great book for people who are older, as Leith and I are, to kind of give us an insight into what's ahead and what to expect. And you talk in the book about choose. Choose to see all sides of a situation before making a decision. And you, in the book, talk about the fact that you worked with your sister to do all of this and how fortunate you were to have each other to go through it together. Right. We, we're we very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think with my head, she thinks with her heart, which is, is probably a good combination. Yeah. Um, but she could always add the emotion to a thought or a decision that I thought maybe should be made. And unless I really felt strongly about something, we would hear each other out and, and try to make the best decision. And and I finally realized that when faced with probably the biggest decision of our parents, our, our elderly friends or, or uh, relatives, is taking those car keys away. Oh. That has to be number one. I hear it over and over again. And and I just we just had I just had to put my foot down. I do think she came along as well, but she was like, Oh, but you know, then they feel so dependent. It's like it's better than the dead people that he yeah. hits. You know, and so and then when it was time to go into the nursing home, it's like she's 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 graduated from assisted living. We don't have any more options unless she can move in with you. Well, no, that wasn't a good option. And uh-huh. like, we just have to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's neat that you had someone to go through that with you. And also, interestingly enough, I thought it was fascinating that your husband, Jeff, also, his parents were alive. And you are probably the only person I know in the world <laughs> had <laughs> four parents alive. I mean, my parents died, gosh, when I was in my 40s. Yeah. So, 
sister had to go through anything like this. Mm-hmm. And for you to have to do it with your parents and also Jeff's parents at the yeah. same time. Wow. Yeah. Well, we decided to divide and conquer. He has five siblings. Oh. And and so that there wasn't any room for me in that. And and that's that's fine. Um, so we, I took care of mine, he took care of his, and then one night he came home and he said, we should write a book. And, and the, the interesting thing, when you said not many people have four parents and go on to say at our ages, so we were 60 and over and, Mm -hmm. and you just, it was just unusual. Now Jeff's mom is still living and she's going to be 96 in October. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, amazing. I don't, you're one of the few people I know, but you know, the way things are going, this is probably going to be happening more and more because mm-hmm. longevity and a wonderful healthcare, you know, my, my husband's a, uh, a veteran and he, uh, I have to say, has been benefit of wonderful VA. Mm-hmm. They've been wonderful uh, to help us through all of his medical situations. We're very fortunate. And more and more people are living older and older. It's a fact of life. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you address change. And you say, change your mind. It's allowed. And sometimes it's very necessary. And that is a very difficult thing to do, isn't it? It is. And the the one incident that will always be top of mind for me is after we did take dad's keys away, we still went another three months and he drove. And then he had a head-on collision. Nobody was hurt terribly. But but then, you know, we asked the uh, car repair shop, don't give him a loaner, please don't give him a loaner. He doesn't need it. Well, eventually his car got fixed and it was totaled, but they were able to fix it. And you know how when something happens and then time goes by and it's like, oh, okay, he's driving. I'm sure it'll be fine. Well, uh, an article came out in our newspaper in three months later while he was driving again. And it recognized the seat, the belt, the the Belt of the Year Award, seatbelt, uh, that was uh-huh. used in the worst accident of the previous year, and and this one woman won it. She, it was a trophy, and just the police recognized her. Saved by the Belt, that's what it was called. Okay. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of the article, it cited an 87-year-old man was ticketed for proper lane usage, and I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's dad. Oh and no. When I saw that, <laughs> the worst part, she had a toddler in the back of the car and we did not know it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It could have been so much worse. And so three months later, that hit us in the face and it's like, that's it. That's it. No. Yeah. No. And no. then I felt really bad about it. I mm-hmm. felt so bad. You feel so guilty. And, mm-hmm. And um, we went to Chicago to meet our kids for a weekend. I was just trudging around, feeling like sad sack. And and mm-hmm. I'm like, here I am. I've got my kids together. My husband's here. That doesn't happen very often when they're in college and beyond. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's like, but Bobby, you did the right thing. 
Yeah. You absolutely did. And and that has to be okay. And I tell you what, the guilt and the stress just evaporated in me. It gives me goosebumps. And and I just can't tell you um how important it was to just look at it for what it was and make a good decision. Oh no. Yeah. You know, we've experienced since we've moved to Sarasota that uh, a lot of times if we're going to a late performance and if we're going to be out having dinner and having a drink, whatever, we have become Uber users. That's and awesome. it is just amazing. You just pick up the phone, they pick you up, they drop you up, they come back and get you. It's a slam dunk. And I am doing a commercial here for Uber. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've also used Lyft, and they're wonderful uh, things for elderly people, and it helps you keep your independence. Yes. Yeah, it helps you make plans on your own and not having to call the kids all the time. Uh, before we go to break, let's talk about focus. You write about focus giving your full attention when your loved one talks to you and listening listening, listening. And that's hard to do. I know so often when we're even when we're talking to each other, we stop listening because we think about what we're going to say next. Yeah, I still do that. I, I, just, <laughs> I just haven't learned that how important that is to just just be there, be mm-hmm. there now. And maybe what they're saying doesn't make total sense and maybe what they're saying you can't you can't help them with but sometimes just talking is therapeutic mm-hmm. yes yeah. and the other thing you uh, write about is forgive uh, forgive for past behavior uh, forgive for mistakes everyone makes mistakes nobody's yeah. perfect yeah. and forgiveness is uh, and guess what the most important thing is to forgive yourself, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And that's, you know, like you said, there's always some regrets. Um, another um, area, I think I did write about it, but when it came to cleaning out their home, um, it all fell on me. No. And they hadn't moved in 35 years, you know. And they still had boxes from their their first house, three moves before. Oh, wow. And, and it was just too emotional for my sister. And so I, I was a little, you know, disappointed and sometimes mad when I was sitting there sorting and pitching. And it was just, it was a lot. And um, it took me weeks and weeks. And she did help with the clothes. Um, mm-hmm. She and a friend helped her and they took care of the clothes, which was like, one little closet, you know, and yet I had to get to a point where it had to be done. We needed to sell the house and it was okay. At least I could do that for her if she couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not her fault that she's emotional. Yeah. No. Yeah. You have to make um, adjustments and accommodations in these kind of situations. Yeah. You know, right now we're going to talk about some priceless personalities. And uh, after we do that, I'm going to bring my husband Leaf on. So Bobby can leave 
and all of you can meet Leith, and he can give us his reaction to her wonderful book. And Priceless Personalities is a book I wrote about wonderful guests who have been on my show, and Bobby is one of the featured Priceless Personalities. Have you ever met someone who was unforgettable? Someone who has touched your heart and soul? People who have faced difficult problems? People who have struggled to find solutions? People who fearlessly shared their stories? People who have not only informed you, but inspired you? People who have priceless personalities? I have been fortunate to host an internet radio talk show called January Jones Sharing Success Stories. And it has been my privilege to interview hundreds of guests. My guests have shared their stories, their struggles, their secrets, and their successes in their own words. In this book, we're talking about people dealing with problems such as incest, molestation, runaway kids, child abuse, drug abuse, polygamy, unemployment, scandal, and starting over. Then there are my guests dealing with difficult physical struggles such as blindness, cancer, and birth defects that are beyond traumatic. My guests have all been exciting, eclectic, and energizing. They have amazed, amused, and even astonished me. I have adored getting to meet them, and I adore sharing them with you. Attention all listeners, Priceless Personalities, Success Stories Shared by January Jones, Volume 2 is now available at Amazon.com in paperback and Kindle editions. You'll be able to meet 10 amazing people who will be sharing their own personal stories with all their struggles, successes, and solutions sprinkled with lots of humor and hope. Priceless Personalities features a teenager who becomes one of the famous Supremes from Motown, a nurse who has a humorous helps people to heal, an inspiring laughter yoga instructor, a mother dealing with the loss of a child, an incredible motivational speaker, a woman who married five times, a gifted paranormal nurse, a wise economist, a funny female humorist, along with an older man sharing his sweet childhood in the deep south. January's guests are all amazing and amusing. You will never forget meeting them. Go to Amazon.com for your own priceless experience. Welcome back. And uh, I want everyone, it's my pleasure to introduce you to my partner, my partner in crime, Leif <laughs> Jonathan. And Leif and Bobby, I think you've met before, maybe at some of the AATH meetings. But yes, I probably <laughs> So Leith enjoyed reading the book, and uh, very much so. Tell it. It's quite inspiring, and uh, not only, it's funny, but it's serious, <laughs> and it's uh, it was very, very interesting to read. I, I really loved it. Thank you. It sounded like you were fighting over it. <laughs> uh, well, we were, and I very seldom read. And Jan was having January was having trouble getting it from me because I was so interested in it. So I, it was certainly very, very inspirational. Well, thank said, you. Yeah. Tell us uh, what were some of the, did you learn anything or what were some of the takeaways you got from it? Uh, I learned that you need to wash your dishes with soap. <laughs> <laughs> We've been not doing that, or I had, I do dishes, she does the cooking, and I was cheating. <laughs> And we so now have a soap dish 
for doing the dishes. <laughs> so we're not going to die from bacteria from not washing the dishes, <laughs> which sounds minor, but it really isn't. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so did it uh, change any of your thoughts about uh, our aging together or apart or whatever? Uh, what are your thoughts? It's still a nice mystery. And uh, both my parents uh, died. I was 45 when they had me. So uh, I lost them some time ago. Mm. And uh, my two older sisters uh, took care while we were in LA, they were back in Cleveland. So I didn't have the experience of dealing with my dad who had very serious Alzheimer's. So uh, that's our big thing. We take all the tests to see if we have oncoming. But so far, <laughs> wait, what was your name? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lee's 83, and I'm going to be 80 next month. And we've been married, we'll be going on 53 years. And it's amazing because it's a second marriage for both of us, which is kind of an amazing thing. Um, your book brought to home to us a lot of things that I think is important for elderly couples to do. And one of the things we have done, and I would suggest you do it, it's a very difficult thing to do, but we met a wonderful lady at our group with the disabled veterans, and she worked for one of the local uh, mortuaries, a funeral home. And we had a wonderful meeting with her. Uh, her name's June Baby. <laughs> and we made all of the arrangements. And I think uh, this is one of the nicest things that you could possibly do for your children and grandchildren yeah. and get all of that taken care of. Don't you agree, Bobby? I do. Um, nobody in my family but me knows I made the... Um, pre-planning, um, I did the pre-planning for my parents. <laughs> I just, I had to do it, and it doesn't matter if they knew or not. Yeah. Um, but oddly enough, I need to do that for myself and Jeff. And isn't that interesting? I'm like, I'm adamant. Get it done, and I haven't done it. <laughs> <laughs> you need a pep talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a difficult thing to do, but it gives you a chance to sit down and discuss how you really feel mm -hmm. and what you want to do. And uh, we, uh, many years ago, we went to a uh, funeral military service at uh, Arlington National Cemetery. Mm -hmm. And prior to that, I think Lee's had just didn't really care one way or the other where where he was going to be buried or whatever. But then after that service, it was so impressive that he decided that he wanted to be buried, uh, wants to be buried at oh, Arlington. Really, yeah. And I asked him why, and share with Bobby your thoughts. Uh, I thought if the grandchildren are around and the kids, it would be a wonderful experience for them to, to come to that funeral at Arlington, because it is a special, special place. Oh, it is. Yeah. 
And in order to be buried there, you have to have uh, either purple heart or uh, bronze or silver or gold uh, star medal. And Leif has two purple hearts and a bronze star, so he definitely can be buried there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it brings you in touch with reality and, and how you want to be remembered. Right. It's a hard thing to do when you don't have any insight as to what your parents would like, isn't it? Well, right. And my parents, we didn't say the D word in our house. Nobody <laughs> wanted to talk about it. And, and so I remember when I tried and I said, so, Dad, you know, like, what kind of funeral do you want? And he said, oh, you know, just the usual stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, there you go. And <laughs> that, yeah, and I did ask him, "Do you want to be uh, married? I mean, buried in oh, that's terrible. Do you want to be buried in the in the veterans cemetery? Because he was a, a two two purple hearts and a bronze star, medal to bronze star. Oh, uh-huh. good. Yeah, coincidental. But anyway, I said, "Did you want to be buried in that?" cemetery or the Jewish cemetery and he chose the Jewish cemetery mm-hmm. so that was the only decision I had from them oh okay so, so yeah. he did not want to pick out the food for at the post burial no. <laughs> <laughs> no we just <laughs> we just picked our favorite restaurant and you know when we walk in it was just our family, and our families aren't there that big. So um, when we walked in, Mom was already there, seated at the head of the table, and she said to me, um, "Give Dad the bill." <laughs> <laughs> I know, and she was really pretty good then. And I, I don't, I don't know if she was joking. I hope she was joking, but I, she had a little twinkle in her eye. Yeah. And I just thought that was fantastic. <laughs> I said, well, if they have patience to wait, we will give Dad the bill. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, I know we had a big discussion about uh, the, the different uh, casseroles that your favorite foods to take. <laughs> yeah. The after the burial gathering. <laughs> yep, everybody has funeral food in their home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. And, and Leaf was saying, well, what do you take? And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, I, I don't cook anymore. Well, for me, it does, but for most people, it doesn't. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, isn't that the Jewish... Uh, joke about calling up and ordering instead of preparing dinner. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right. probably what I would do for sure. Well, I had a friend bring um, a, a package of uh, toilet paper by my house <laughs> when, when my dad died. And uh, the card said for tears and other things. Oh. <laughs> and I mean, we knew each other pretty well. You couldn't do that for everybody. But the yeah. brilliance of that is, especially if you have family out of town and now they all are coming in, mm-hmm. who has toilet paper? Nobody yeah. does. You have to go to the store. Last place you want to go, last place you want to see people. 
and we gave it to a and passed it along and gave it to a friend and she stood on her porch and she said, How did you know? <laughs> oh, awesome, awesome. Well, it's time to close, and I want to thank both of you, two of my favorite people to have you with me on the show. My upcoming guests will all be exciting, eclectic, and energizing, just like Bobby and Lee. <laughs> and I'm going to interject here. One of the other nice things about the book is you got to maintain your sense of humor as long as you possibly can. That's my favorite chapter. Yes. <laughs> Very nicely done. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the No Wine Zone with us today. And remember, stop whining, start smiling, and then start laughing with these people like these two. (laughs) And if that doesn't work, then you can just start eating chocolate, lots and lots of chocolate. Take care and stay safe until we meet again. Thank you, Bobby and Lee. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. We want to thank you for listening to January Jones Sharing Success Story. Always remember Ms. Jones' personal mantra, if you can think it, you can do it. That's what all of our guests have done with their lives, and so can you. You are the ultimate success coach in your own life. All you need to do will be to start sharing your own story with your family and friends. We hope that our guest stories will encourage you to explore an equation in your future that will combine your creativity, plus connecting with others will enable you to be successful too. Always remember, your passion plus your purpose will equal prosperity as you explore the wonderful world of January Jones.